Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call in the Orion Mind School of the Prophets. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is February 18th, 2018. Tonight's speaker is Don from Montana. And whenever you're ready, Okay. Um, Yes, what I sent to White Wolf, um, what will be coming your way, um, is an instruction sheet. And I was very thorough in the process on how to register. There's going to be a separate instruction sheet on how to register the principal, the legal name, what legal name you have to use, how to go about getting a birth certificate fully authenticated, um, how to contact the Minnesota Secretary of State to get the registration papers authenticated, and then um, I have examples of a declaration of status and a durable power of attorney template, a a certificate of authority to show that you have the authority as the uh, private attorney, in fact, for the principal that's registered. I put a um, revocation to the uh, voter, well, to the elections uh, officer so that you can take that template because you have to notify them that uh, this uh, entity is no longer a voter. That's a very important one. Then you have to set up a business bank account for the principal, and you sign that as the attorney in fact. You should set up a United States Postal Service account for the principal, and again, we do it online, and that is the attorney in fact, because this is a business entity. From from here on out, if you go this route in commerce, which is where we're supposed to be with this, from here on out, anything in commerce, in the public, on public forms and applications, contracts, you're always going to do it in the name of that principal, that birth certificate name that's registered, which is now your assumed business name, and you sign it as the attorney in fact for that principal. Um, let's see. I think I also provided a, an example of a testimonium to, to, you know, you have to modify it the way you want. Um, Also, on GoDaddy, you can get the uh, uh, name, like uh, my friend uh, Eugene Timothy Rodman got that name from GoDaddy for 99 cents, and then he set up a WordPress account, and he uploads all of his public documents. That way, it's public notice how he is engaging in commerce through what entity and what authority. Um, I think that's very important. So if some of you can't get documents recorded, now it's public knowledge. It becomes common knowledge. Um, let me let me think here. I mean, that's a good start for people. And I highly recommend that uh, if you have a court situation coming up and you're already in the middle of it, don't try to 
do this at the last minute. Um, I, I can't tell you, I've had people call, and it was fine when a few of my friends here in Montana, we were dealing with it and how we uh, maneuvered things, but uh, now this information, I, I'm shocked. It's just going far and wide. I had no idea. I've been on other calls with Tactical Sovereignty. Oh, yes, I also gave in that information, that email, um, where to go on Facebook. There's a private site called Tactical Sovereignty, and then there's another one called Truth and Trust. These people post great information on there. They have community calls, uh, different ones. Kurt Callenbach, Brian Parker has one with Tactical Sovereignty. I've been on a couple of these calls. They post them there. On this information, well, like I'm, I'm finding out, the cat is so far out of the bag, it's now hunting rats is what I'm <laughs> thinking this is where it's going here pretty quick. Um, so I would highly recommend It's a private Facebook site. Um, let me think. Kurt Callenbach, he's got some really good information on how to do a testament, a will, a, a preemptive paramount claim on the private side. And that's what every private man or woman should have, um, that if you have to claim everything. Uh, you're not so supposed to abuse anything, you know, failure to use. You're not supposed to waste. And if you have things, you know, that have to go to the right parties when you die, take care of it now. Claim all your genetics, your biology, everything that's created for you by you, um, everything that you were to inherit. You are your ancestor right here and now. And people haven't come in on the private side and claimed that. So uh, those are some good resources, and I put that in the information um, with uh, White Wolf. So I, I think you guys should have a very good start. Oh, also, Trump gave a proclamation last year that was very good as to um, returning this to a nation of laws. Well, when you read it, and if you see the perspective from which it's written, he's wearing two hats the United States of America, and the corporate United States. And um, we accepted that proclamation and sent him a letter saying that we are able to come in peace and support this endeavor to bring us back to a nation of laws. And um, I, my friends, he, he sent them a nice card. I, I haven't heard back yet from it. It takes quite a while. But when they offer you, just like the Jubilee claim, Oh, and by the way, we all did Jubilee claims too. Um, accept it. Accept it on your terms, and we give examples of how to do it. Uh, and that way, you're not an enemy. You're not an enemy to their system. You're not an enemy to their commercial endeavors. Um, you're not an enemy under martial law. And um, I know that uh, – it's just one more thing to show when you're dealing with local agents of these – they're not even government instrumentalities, by the way. Um, if you go in there, like, to the Justice Court, they have an EIN number. They're usually listed on Dun & Bradstreet, folks. They are absolutely involved with the Comprehensive Annual Financial Reports, CAFRs. Um, they're not political subdivisions, therefore they are not a governmental instrumentality. And what they're supposed to have is a letter from the IRS stating their status. So if they were a true governmental uh, instrumentality, which would be a political subdivision, they would have a letter from the IRS showing that, and, and they don't. 
And also, I think that's in violation of the Army Regulations 840-10. I think that's correct. So just to give you guys an idea, we've kind of covered, you all are getting um, information that took most of us, well, many years, but my friends and I just hunkered down and put together pretty much all by ourselves and trial and error. So uh, that should cover everything. Um, Bear with me a minute, Don, okay? All right, sorry about that. That's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, So if um, I talked with Denise, and she had some very good questions uh, last week when we talked after I uh, was on the call, and she had some very good questions. And so I'm just wondering, do people have a pretty good idea of what this system is or your role in it? Um, I, I found that there's several ways that I can explain it, and if you'd like me to explain it again, I, I've simplified it, and I think it helped Denise when I explained it this way. Um, so um, if you'd like me to explain it again, um, more simplified, I can do that. Let me see if I can see anybody here on the chat. Okay, nope, nobody said. Well, I'm going to go ahead and explain it like there's two games you're playing. I found that this was a pretty easy way to get people to comprehend the concept. So before you start doing all this paperwork, you really need to have the concept. The concept is there has been a commercial system in place for a very long time. And I like to equate it to being a game board. And the first board that we have is the game of life. And that would be the private side. That's where we have our home. We deal in trade. Um, We uh, deal with our communities, our neighbors. We might have private contracts. And uh, we take care of our business, our affairs, we're responsible. And that is the American, that is the national, the American national. Now, some people get into, well, is it a state citizen or not? You know what? You define it. All I know that in Montana, when I, I have the two constitutions here in Montana. And the 1889 constitution, everything has a proper noun. State of Montana is S capital S and a capital M. The uh, Legislative Assembly, capital L, capital A. Senate, capital S, House of Representatives. Proper nouns. Um, you have Secretary of State, State Treasurer, State Auditor. You have the uh, land board commissioners, which is not what they have in the 1972 Constitution. And when we looked at the 1972 Constitution for Montana, it did not infringe upon the 1889 one. Why? Because they did not define their legal entities. They're not proper nouns. Everything in the 1972 Constitution, not even Constitution, is capitalized. And that is the United Nations commercial overlay that came in from Montana. And it's its own commercial entity within its own rules, charter. Um, and, and that's the zone. That's the commercial zone. That's where everything came in. So what we're seeing is everything is, there's still officers 
or the organic 1889 still sitting there uh, under those proper noun titles, state treasurer, state of Montana, governor, all of that. But in the 1972 one, what we found very interesting, the only thing that had a capital is the M. And that's the overlay. And then when you go to the tort defense department and are administrated for the state of Montana, they admit right there, in 1973, the government of Montana no longer had sovereignty. <laughs> it couldn't. It's just a business charter, um, probably created by a few private elites. It's the overlay of the United Nations coming in. Probably, well, it's got loads of private membership associations. Montana Association of County Organizations are under that. National Association of County Organizations. Um, and the Constitution doesn't apply when members are part of any private membership associations because you'd agree to be a member of a private association. So um, we, it appears that there is still the Secretary of State on the equity, the private side, the du jour organic side, which is where you want to be when you're playing the game of life. So I'm just laying that out. Now, how could a government instrumentality, a political subdivision, lose its sovereignty? Well, 1972, it's because that entity never had sovereignty. It really didn't even have a contract with a body politic of people in Montana. That's why. And it did not infringe on any legal names that were already established for the state of Montana. So I'm sure you guys are going to probably find that on a lot of your states, the same thing happened. Um, so on the private side, where you're playing the game of life, you you would call yourself, you're, you're uh, loyal to that organic state of Montana, that original body politic contract, even though many people have left it. Many people are now coming forward. It, it appears to still be there. And while you're playing the game of life, there's a game of monopoly going on, and that's the commercial system. Now, what they've gotten everybody to believe is that you're the game piece on the monopoly board. You're the car, the iron, the dog, the hat. And they're just moving you around the board, calling you the U.S. citizen, which is the, the commercial game piece. And, and, folks, you're the game player. You are the private state national playing the game of life. Remember, you're a spirit being that comes in and plays the game of life. And one of the avatars is the state national. And that state national then goes and sits down at the monopoly board as a player to move the commercial piece around that commercial game. And then when you're done for the day, you go home. I found that that was a pretty simple way to to keep it straight, um, that analogy. Let's see. Looking at see uh, what people are saying. Okay, I didn't have any uh, questions yet, just that people have to study. Okay, so I, I hope you're getting the concept. You will never be that game piece. That is why, and that game piece in their overlay commercial system is the one that's the voter. So how can you, the state national, come in and vote as a game piece? You can't. You're not that. You can move that game piece. You're not that game piece. That's why you have to, it's very important to remove 
that from the election rolls. Um, the other thing is when you are sitting down at the Monopoly board to play with that game piece in commerce, the only uh, position you can take, it's an agent without recourse, and it's called a private attorney in fact. And I sent you guys examples of how to do a durable power of attorney. You guys need to go in and read under the Uniform Power of Attorney Act. It's about 80 pages, very good stuff. You will see all of the powers that you as a private attorney have above and beyond what licensed attorneys have to, com- to move the principal, which is the registered birth certificate name that you register in Minnesota as an assumed business name. That's the game piece in commerce. And when you're done for the day in commerce, you go home, back as the state national, which you always are. You're just the player leaving the monopoly board. And you leave your game piece wherever it needs to be. Hopefully it's not in jail, because none of us should actually be in jail as an agent. Now, we're still having a hard time on Montana getting these lower courts to recognize even though people here are coming in on matters that are currently ticketed well after they've already registered, have their durable power of attorney. Um, You know, my friends got ticketed last last week or so, and um, they're the private attorney in fact. And, And these courts are just like, well, that's you. No, it's not me. Here's the registration papers. Here's my certificate of authority that proves I'm the attorney. In fact, for that entity you charged, um, you know, if I have to come in, I only come in. I'll give notice of appearance. Now, you can't come in and represent necessarily that entity, but you're going to give what we tried was um, notice of appearance that you're coming in as the private attorney in fact in order to protect that entity, that principle that they charged, and make sure that that estate um, is not diminished. And what they're after is um, these principles have bonds. That's what the birth certificate, once fully authenticated, it'll say it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States of America, not the... um, the corporate overlay, it's the organic United States of America that's still the credit that everybody gave as collateral back during the bankruptcies. So um, they want access. They can't access that bond, but they what they want is the interest on that bond and the uh, matching state and federal funds. And that's why they are so, uh, like so much of a steamroller. And what my friends have done is, okay, uh, here's my documentation. That's not me. And you see the registration papers. You see it has a birth certificate authenticated. Here's the certificate that shows I'm the attorney in fact for it. And here's my declaration of status that's recorded. How could that possibly be me? Well, sometimes you just deal with some locals that are idiots. They're like, well, we have control over the man, and that's you. I just gave you all the commercial papers. Nope, that's you. Uh, And, you know, what do you do? So, my friends, we've decided we're going up the line to the Secretary of State. And we're going to the side of the Secretary of State that can see foreigners. Remember, we're foreign to their commercial system. We're not the game piece. 
we can move the game piece. And what we're telling the Secretary of State of Montana, look, here's the registered game piece. It wants to come in and do business with your commercial system. However, obviously your agents of your sub-franchises are not recognizing that. So we are asking for the Secretary of State to issue something that they will recognize because it's getting to be ridiculous. Um, either we have extreme corruption and they're not going to recognize anything or you go to the Secretary of State and, and then hire up to, to the United States Secretary of State. But start, start on the state first. You, that's the uh, closest one as the, the avatar, the state national that, that uh, does business directly as a body politic on the organic side of, like in Montana, the 1889 under that constitution, that contract. So let me see here. <clears throat> um, okay, I haven't seen anything. As, nobody has any questions. Is anybody on that has a question yet? All I can say is that we're we're trying things out here. Um, in some instances, they're they're recognizing our position and they dismiss the case with prejudice just by the paperwork file. And in other cases, um, they've ramped it up, refused to answer anything, will not respond. And you're going to have to learn a couple of other words when you're coming into their commercial system. Whenever they try to charge the principal, the registered legal name, um, if you don't have a contract with them and they just make it up and then throw it at you as if they have a, con a valid contract, you have to protect that estate. It's a trade house. You, just like any other business, you have to protect that business. And, and, and I know they, they have their enforcers behind it, and they're usually ones that are writing, the, writing it up, and they have their little banking gig going on in the courtrooms and uh like i said they want access to all that interest and the state and federal matching funds and, and that's what they're after but you have to protect the estate and there's a couple of things that you're going to be aware of one uh for years we've accepted that any name that looks similar to this birth certificate entity well we must be responsible for it no i know for myself if it comes in, okay, so the, the birth certificate entity that you registered as your assumed business name, your game piece in commerce, is June Ann Doe. Well, I don't know what June A. Doe is. It, it could be June Alice Doe. It could be June A. Doe. Is that the same legal entity as June Ann Doe? No, it's not. So you're going to have to tell them, first of all, you've charged the defendant is June A. Doe. I'm the attorney, in fact, for June and Doe. That's the principle that I have to protect. Who is this defendant that you've charged? And where is the contract that it has with the principal June and Doe? Because I don't see it. And I do not recognize that entity June A. Doe. And I'm not going to have this principal step in as surety to pay on behalf of June A. Doe until you tell me what June A. Doe is. So 
So, folks, you got to start getting that in your mind. Do not answer just to any name that they throw at you in commerce. We have to be very precise now. And this is a game that they're very good at playing. And what we think June A. Doe and all of these entities that have middle initials, they're probably names on their private membership list for the bar, which means they probably created that name because it's not a proper legal name and it doesn't John, have a birth certificate. Yeah. When you see a uh, an abbreviation like uh, John A. Doe, you're looking at what is known in uh, um, military terms as a numb digger. Right. N-O-M-E, Daguerre. Right. And it literally means you are a law or a martial law conscript uh, of, say, a foreign power. Because, see, that's what they're they're alleging by the martial law flags that they're buying. They're, right. they're alleging that they have conquered the people on the land and that we are under military jurisdictional status. But what y'all have done is unsco- um, uncover how to turn that dang thing around and uh, send up smoke signals with their blanket. Right, exactly. And telling them, I'm the attorney, in fact, for this entity in commerce, and I'm the name holder of it because I registered it. As far as any other of these names you come up with, I don't recognize that. And by the way, if you misuse information to make false charges against a registered principal that is a proper legal estate that I'm controlling, that might be identity theft because you're using, oh, that entity's principal place of business. Sorry, you don't get to do that. You don't get to create June A. Doe and send it to the same address as June and Doe. That's misusing information to make false charges. That is where all this identity theft comes from. And we're pretty darn sure of, just like you said, military script name, these are probably held by the IRS trust in Puerto Rico. They probably have lists upon lists of those names. You could also use the term constructive fraud. Yep. At that particular point, because that's what it is. It is a construct and fraud in any and all forms is failure to pass knowledge. And right. if they do not give the true knowledge of what the contract, what they're alleging or uh, uh, acting on, then hell, I mean, there is no way for them to defend. Well, this is why we're going to the Secretary of State, because they have judges here that are totally ignoring that. The defendant charge is... Uh, my friend Eugene T. Rodman, he's made it very clear that that looks like a Wells Fargo bank account entity that he didn't even create, that Wells Fargo created. And he said, well, go to Wells Fargo. It, you know, it's not even – his entity is Eugene Timothy Rodman. That is registered and does business in Roberts, Montana. They charge the defendant, Eugene T. Rodman, and the address is Red Lodge, Montana. And he's like, uh, excuse me, these, this, so what's happening is the post office in small towns, they know who you are, they'll cross it out, put Roberts, Montana, so it does go to him, and they won't correct the records. And the, this judge just refuses. Well, he's a former game warden, what do you expect? Yeah. You know, he has his little book, he can't think beyond his nose, 
And it's pretty pathetic. And then the attorney's the the county attorney's office goes quiet. The the DA, assistant DA is handling it. And so my friend wrote a writ of mandamus and said, look, if this principal has to come in as surety, and I as the private attorney have to pay on behalf of the principal that's registered for this defendant that you created and will not tell me what it is just so that you don't harm me because you can't, you know, keep your butt from your head straight, then I don't want to be harmed, but I'm certainly not going to write to the FBI and all of that. And he did. And they come back and are like, well, we don't see enough evidence of identity theft. And so this is where we figured this out. And he wrote to the post office. Well, in order to have a claim with the post office, have your principal get a business account with the post office. Now, it has a contract with the post office, USPS, and buy some stamps. Now, it has transactional history. Now, if that's coming in, you turn that fraud over to them because they're putting it in the mail. And, and especially after you've notified them, I don't know what that defendant is. You're trying to attach it to this principal that I'm the attorney in fact for, and you go so far as to put a warrant out for my arrest, and you put it in the newspaper well, my friend wrote a writ of mandamus, and he's demanding apologies be written in that newspaper and, and all this stuff. But in the meantime, he said, okay, fine. Um, then I'll come in here with a promissory note on behalf of the principal as surety, and I'll give you triple the amount of what you're alleging on behalf of that defendant has is due. Oh, no, they wouldn't take the promissory note. Nope, they okay, refused that. There is one other thing that you can do here that they're probably not prepared for. Mm-hmm. If you have a military installation um, anywhere yes. near you, we do know where I that would is. My little butt up, and I'd talk to the base commandant, and I would uh, talk to the base judge advocate general, mm-hmm. and I would present this information before them because see. Uh, stopping people on the highway and all this kind of crap is really operating under the Army Field Manual. Right. Thanks to Robert James Fox. Bless his heart. Rest his memory. But That's why we're going to the Secretary of State to be our liaison. We we okay, realize I'm Montana. You can, you, can, you can do that for Montana, but uh-huh. the presiding officer of the state of Montana, whether you realize it or not, is that damn military commandant. Yes. Yes, and so we've asked the Secretary of State to set up a liaison meeting with that. That's their responsibility for foreigners that are being harmed by their agents after having been fully informed, and they won't stop. And now they put out a warrant that could escalate in in a private citizen, a private national getting harmed. Absolutely. And and that's absolutely, we, we know Montana, it's Fort Lewis. You know, you could go up to Maelstrom Air Force Base, but uh, pretty much it's out of Fort Lewis. So what we have done, we looked up under the Secretary of State. Well, one of the hats that the Secretary of State um, can play both sides is um, it recognizes foreigners, but you can appoint in special matters the Secretary of State to be your private lawful attorney. And, And so that's what my friends did. They appointed the Secretary of State to put on the hat of the 1889 to come in and be their private lawful attorney to recognize that these state nationals 
are being harmed by the other hat he wears, the Secretary of State, you know, for the 1972 contract. So they're they're just taking different hats off him and putting them on. So uh, to be the liaison, because that's enough. When you can't get them to come in and stop it, and, and the courts won't stop it. And what we suspect is the defendant that was charged in this case, Gary, is um, a Wells Fargo bank account. And since it was masquerading as the principal and probably has all these accounts, my friends claimed it on the private side, claimed all the rents, interest, and derivatives off Mm. of that mortgage note and that account and said, if you use that name but went in off of this birth certificate name that I'm the attorney in fact for, and you came in off of that estate using your made-up name, and you took it, you better pay it back, and you have to claim it. I think this is why they ramped it up to where they had the chief of police after my friends and ticketed them and took their car. And Oh, yeah, because those bankers are behind it. They okay, don't they want. Are. Absolutely, they are. <laughs> they don't want you accessing what's rightfully yours. They they came in, and here's the thing: where's their name on the birth certificate? Nowhere. Where are they appointed power of attorney? They're not. But in the paperwork I'm sending you guys, you're revoking all past power of attorneys. That's very important. They're all revoked. You start afresh, and that principal only has three, you the primary and two successor attorneys, in fact, and nobody else. So then it's like, okay, well, who are you? What what preemptive claim do you have to use that principal? It's a state, and by the way, I've claimed it all, everything for it, on the public side and the private side. That's what they don't want you to know. Another thing that they didn't want people to know, why can't you go after these bar members and all that? Because they operate amongst themselves under private membership associations. And they can do whatever they want with their other fellow private members. And we think that possibly part of the scam in coming up with these other entities defendants um, where they'll come in in court cases and they'll say Mr. Smith and um, Alan T. Smith and they'll do in one document they'll have four different ways of you don't know what the defendant really is and the, um, the, the, the instant you pick an attorney choose an attorney or you allow one to be appointed for you you have put yourself under the private internal jurisdiction yep. of that uh, guild. That and private membership they association. The right, they claim the right to be able to do what the hell you want. But here's the deal. Once you bring up that little stinking-ass term called fraud, that son of a gun, it don't have no statute limitations all the way to the Pope right. and his decrees. And uh, no papal bulls, no international decrees, no down banker decrees, no Brussels accounts, none of that crap matters when you claim fraud. It vitiates the contract. And see, uh, this is the thing that they're endeavoring. 
That's what this uh, man from Calcasieu Parish admitted to me when I requested that information <clears throat> at uh, at uh, in De Quincey. I was on my way back to Texas, and um, he admitted that, yeah, they know this, but they do not want the people to know it, and they will do anything they can to keep the people from finding out because, like you said, I mean, it, it's it's money in their bank. It's That's your right. Bank. That's it, and and it's um, uh, totally the interest. They can't take the principal, but, boy, they have those investments going, and they want that interest. And what was surprising, but not really, is the uh, matching federal and state funds. That's why they're such a steamroller. And from what I have heard is if they come in, and uh, you come in as the principal and you invoke equity and say, look, okay, you made me as the attorney in fact pay $800 on behalf of the defendant you charged, you know, when my principal stepped in as surety. I don't volunteer to give you anything as the attorney in fact for this principal. This principal does not give gifts and donations to your private membership members or whatever the heck you're creating out there. No. You can also you can also charge them uh, to bring forth both sets of books. That's right. That they are using under the Capra account. Boy, now that consolidated annual financial report. Boy, that will tighten their butt up. I mean, listen here. You'll see uh, uh, a court to go to closing their doors. I mean, like yesterday. Well, here's what I have. We here's what we say. I accept your oath and bond, bind you to it, remind you of your fiduciary duty, and I extend you my sovereign immunity under the Foreign Sovereign Immunity Act while carrying out my orders. Attempts to change jurisdiction and or contradicting and or canceling my orders or any other action by a court employee not initiated by me, the living woman, as the state national attorney in fact for the principal, voids the extension of my sovereign immunity to you. I also require your TIN and EIN numbers, completed W-9 forms, Internal Revenue Service Determination Letter for the municipal corporation you claim to represent, and the last six months of CAPR for this corporation, which is actually operating as a bank instead of a justice of the court. They didn't get that damn much law in law school. <laughs> well, guess what? I gave that to you guys. It's in the in my email to you, and it's I, in the instructions. <laughs> don't piss off! Don't piss off a woman that's got a good mind. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> if you get the concept, and and always when they say, "Well, that's you," you mean the principal? Well, no, that's you. No, you mean the defendant you charged? Well, no, that's you. No, I'm the attorney. In fact, how could that be me? You charged the defendant. I don't know what it is, and this is the principal I'm the attorney. In fact, for what do you want? How can I help okay. you today? All right, I got a good one for you. Uh, uh, Java fan comes in and he's popped a question there on the deal. And uh, see what happened. Uh, and and I can throw some of this, and then you can take it and run from it. You read the question there. Okay. Got two of them there. I uh, was called to be a witness, and I knew they were running over this guy. And um, so they cleared the court, and I was the only one left. And the judge, he was the lowest-ranking judicial officer in Calcasieu Parish. And uh, he, um, 
he uh, he said, uh, sir, who are you uh, here for? And I looked around, you know, playing stupid. And there wasn't nobody else in there. So I looked right and left, you know, and, you know, you know, played the game. And I said, sir, are you talking to me? He said, yes, I am. So uh, would you please step down here and dress the court? Well, I was doing some real serious thinking as I walked down slowly. And I got to the bar and stopped. And I looked up at him. And his name was Judge Wilford Carter. And I said, uh, Your Honor, I noticed that you were flying the Stinson of Admiralty Jurisdiction. And therefore, sir, you must be the captain on deck of the ship. And if you would be gracious enough to grant me safe passage to and from the deck of the ship, I will be more than glad to approach the bench and address this fair august court. Well, damn, I didn't say nothing bad to him. What did he do? Very well, safe passage is so granted. What did he do? He just acknowledged that he was not under the Constitution or using constitutional construct he was using military martial admiralty law, which was the private, silent, secret judicial notice of Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1933. They closed the courts. They had no more court for six months. They re-educated him, and they made him the chief judicial officer over Capshaw Parish. Well, Carter, he retired. And I happened to be at Lowe's here about four or five months back, and he walked in. I said, how you doing, Judge Carter? He said, just fine. I said, you don't remember me. I said, but you remember that guy that asked you safe passage on the record? And you started laughing. He said, boy, do I ever. I said, well, hell. I said, none of them people knew. And I said, because you granted it, they had to educate you. And I said, his judge. You went from the lowest-ranking judge in the judicial system to the chief judicial officer because they had to give you more points of procedural law. He started laughing. He said, they sure as hell did. (laughs) 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 Well, you know what's another good one is if they are flying that flag, and I think it's the Army Regulations 8410, uh, I don't think they're supposed to fly it unless they're a governmental instrumentality, which is a political subdivision, and they're not. Well, they're still flying it due to the cessation of hostilities. April 9, 1861, ascending from Executive Order 1 and 100. Then when Lincoln wrote the Act of 1871, he created a corporational status by fraud all in reality because everything Lincoln did was a fraud. Mm-hmm. He shot his ass and he should have been shot. Sorry, asshole. But nevertheless, uh, he was a corporatist, pure fascist. And before he could reverse it, he realized what he'd done, they shot him. And you have been operating under that secret act from that time. And even uh, uh, 
uh, Wendell House and the old man from the mountain and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, they went back and acknowledged that they went back to Lincoln's initial order. And that's where that crap comes from. A cessation of hostilities, not a declaration or suit of peace to end the Civil War. Right. That's And that's under the, the main two areas of the Libra Code are um, 37 and 38. Now, they also have something for us that, um, and this is why they try to demonize the word sovereign. Um, and because anytime they see that, they, oh, sovereigns is and all that crap. Well, what they come in under is the Foreign Sovereign Immunity Act. And uh, I recommend people go in there and read about that. Oh, yeah. See, our people don't know. They got such crazy-ass ideas from the the religious uh, indoctrination of some of these dumbass preachers. They do not know. And then when you listen to some of the judiciary with their Christianized form not disclosing the real truth, man, our people get off into left field. They're so far out in left field that, hell, they don't even know where they're at. I and, know. And so this is this is the difficulty in, in being able to teach them. But this is excellent. Please keep going. Right. Well, um, sovereign, uh, this is why I say, you know, stay. I agree. Stay away from sovereign. That doesn't apply to you. A sovereign is that political entity. State of Montana is sovereign. That's it. Okay. That's exactly right. You're not sovereign, but you come in under that sovereign, foreign sovereign immunity because the state of Montana uh, the 1889, that's the sovereign. It's still sovereign. And on the private side, as the Montana National, that's where you come in under that act. They just happen to call it the, the Sovereign Foreign Immunity Act. Yeah. And, and it's pretty much like diplomatic immunity. And, and the whole thing is the more uh, everything you can make at arm's length for that principle, and I like calling it the principle because that's what it's called in the Durable Power of Attorney Act. And and they recognize that entity. And and so it becomes very easy for it to roll off your tongue. Oh, you you know, they'll say, well, that's your birth certificate. Oh, no, you mean the principal's birth certificate. Oh, well, that's your, no, you mean the principal. So everything in commerce, well, that's you. No, that's the principal. Well, we gave you a ticket. No, you gave the principal a ticket. Make it, them define the definition. Make them exactly. use the definition. And, and see, that's how... Um, um, Oh, uh, 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 Carl Dahlstrom beat the crap out of the damned attorney general for the state of Texas. He whipped his butt so bad that the guy didn't even know he'd lost. Exactly. And, and, I mean, this, see, this is the thing. They're not. You make them define the terms. When they define the terms, brother, they took they took the rat and laid him out in the open field and the hawk is on high. That's why you never. Um... Every time then, well, they say, you know, you, I say, you mean the principal charge? You mean the principal that's in commerce? You mean the commercial piece, the principal? You mean the principal that I'm the attorney in fact for? And it, it, it frustrates the heck out of them because don't back off of that. Don't ever answer to you, well, you have to. I said, well, you know, that's the principal if you're talking about the commercial entity. If you mean me as the private attorney in fact, well, I know you recognize that agency with that recourse position. 
But as to anything else in commerce, I don't do that. I'm not the agent for service of process. I'm not the agent for a resident. I'm not the agent for a borrower. I'm not the agent for a homeowner. I'm not the agent for an occupant. I'm not the agent for a tenant at will. So people, stop being those things just because it comes. You know, if it comes in the mail, I, I looked at something an attorney sent was for occupant. I called him up. I said, well, you know what? I think I'm going to keep this one. You sent two of them. I'm going to send the other one back because I'm going to hold on to this one since I've told you I'm not the agent for it. And I might need that as evidence for mail fraud, which is what the FBI said that they need. So sometimes, guys, you don't want to return some of that mail um, because they need the actual envelope sent. We didn't know that. So what does happen is we turn around. Now, that's why it's important for your principal to have a business account with the United States Post Office. Yeah, you're using the postal code to get Exactly. So that you can take and make the the postal uh, adjutant general go in and just kick their little darling hello. That's right. So if you've told them, do not send anything here. Do not use this principal's name. Do not use this principal place of business unless you have a valid contract. And if you don't have it and you send it in the mail, I'm letting you know I'm holding on to that as evidence because you may have committed two felonies, mail fraud and identity theft. And I'm going to turn this over to the Federal Trade Commission and the United States Post Office General uh, for investigation into fraud. And they have lots of attorneys to do that. Because this principal is a consumer and is afforded consumer protection. If your principal is not a consumer, it has no protection. If you don't have an entity to be a consumer, you don't have any protection. It will all fall on you. But on top of it all, that's why you want to go so far with treating this as a business. This principal is a business. It has a business bank account, non-interest bearing uh, it can have an Amazon account. It has a post office account. Go in there and, you know, set it up on the website. If you're announcing to the world, you have this business entity. That's what the principle is. That's how important it is. And guess what? If you control it and you're the attorney of fact for it, who are they to come in? Well, either they're an interloper and or they're engaging in fraud if they don't have a valid contract. And those may be felonies. And I tell you, when you start talking that way, and oh, by the way, with this principle, um, I think you might be engaging in unfair, deceptive business practices. So you can hit them with all kinds of good stuff on behalf of the principle. And these are all under consumer protection because their whole racket is just their debt collectors. That's it. They don't engage in practically any valid contract. It is all debt collection. Now, if you do have a valid contract with the principal and you as the attorney in fact sign a valid contract with another principal or commercial entity, please honor it. I'm not telling people, you know, get out of this stuff, but on all of these hidden adhesion contracts, money-making debt schemes, no. Um, start standing up. Start learning that language I've just put out there. The misuse of information to make false charges may be identity theft. And that's a big one. And you want to have that one. 
also the mail fraud is another big one. And then if they're dealing in securities, well, now they could be engaging in securities fraud. So, um, you know, those are just some of the things that that we're dealing with. And that's why my friends, Jean Tracy, wrote a letter to the Montana, the Secretary of State of Montana, um, from the position of wearing both hats, because uh, this is getting to be enough. Um, you know, whatever's going on over, they're on a different county than I am, and um, you know that they must be quite nervous for the ticket against Gene, uh, not even the principal, it's against, you know, Eugene T. Rodman, and they've ignored all that. And then um, they, the chief of police over there got uh, through three tickets at Tracy. And and it's so bad that uh, when he ticketed her, he gave her two tickets. She walked into the county attorney and was waiting outside that office, Ten minutes later, he comes in and he threw another ticket at her and said, if you don't pick that up, I'm going to arrest you for littering. Well, there you go. They must be nervous. Um, File federal charges against the chief of police and the Henny uh, officers that have acted under his uh, um, authority and uh, also file charges against the city or the whatever was bound to be a city because chief police, and uh, do that with the FBI. Also send a copy to the Attorney General and the uh, Attorney General of the United States. They're you all can getting also forward a, a copy to the, um, to the uh, Attorney General uh, uh, at the uh, base commander of, uh, of local authority. And what you've done at that point in time you have relayed the fact that this chief of police is operating totally outside of the law. He calls his damn self anything he wants. But yep. uh, this man is creating turmoil on the land, and uh, when you do that, now you've got these entities coming against him. Uh, I think he'd be glad to smile for a while and, and instead of running his damn head and writing with a pen. I Well, those all went out last week. Good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, very well documented. Uh, everything. My friends, document everything down to that bank account entity. And uh, just, you know, that's enough. So, yep, everything you just named, that's already been sent out. Outstanding. Outstanding. Uh-huh. Now, there's you'll another. Hear, you, you, you'll hear a hog squeal, and he may not have four legs. <laughs> I sure hope so because you know what? That's enough. You know that was all a setup, and so they're trying to look. You're not peaceful. You're peaceable, and what what some explained it to me is you're able to come to peace in all matters. And that's yeah, and that's exactly how my friends have acted. And for all of that to be ignored, and nobody, oh, they even went to the local sheriff. And said he said at first he was kind of a little nervous, and they said, "No, we want you to be our sheriff on the land." Now, does he fully comprehend all this? No. Has he stepped in to really protect them? No. But do they have his private phone number? Yes. Did he call them when he said there was a warrant out? Yes. <laughs> does he know where to find my friends? No. <laughs> but when does the sheriff call you up and say, look, the court did issue a warrant? 
And you know, the goes, real problem that the sheriff has is that he's flying the flag of the sea, and yet he says he's on the land. He can, he can wear the... There is a difficulty right there. Yeah. And they, they asked him to be the sheriff on the land, and... and th- we made it very clear we're not gonna we 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 and and we're here to we're here to back you. We're not here to work against you. We're here to back you. Man, we need a good sheriff him, on the land. You could hit him from Admiralty's side and tear his butt up so damn bad that every sheriff and every police officer in this country would crap down both legs. Well, it would sure be nice if he got instructions on how to be. When you have proper people who've come in and see, my friends have given him every piece of paper. He's got a binder so darn thick. I think he might have two now. They've given him everything, so he's fully aware of every registered paper. Every he even said to Gene, he said, "Gene, um, you know, when this court thing was going on, uh, he would stop in and listen into you know the courtroom would be emptied, and he'd sit back there and listen in to see what was going on." I don't know how much he understands. He's a very nice man. He's young. Um, Gene actually was out on a call uh, with the sheriff. Gene uh, is an EMT, and they literally saved a man. He was he was dead, not breathing. Um, and the two of them out there on a Montana road um, brought him back uh, so that he could be helicoptered out and lived. So when you go through something like that, you know, they know what kind of people Gene and Tracy are, my friends are. So he knows well, it. I understand what you're saying, and 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 see the the sheriff. Uh, he may or like you said, he may or may not understand. But, I don't think uh, he fully the does. That, that, well, the fact of it is, is that he is in the position of he's got to understand. Uh-huh. And uh, here's the deal: if, um, uh, uh, well, man alive. I mean, just think about that. You know, ignorance can be schooled away. But damn, if that sheriff is in the stupid category, there is no vaccine or uh, or cure for that syndrome. Right. Well, you're correct. There are no oaths of office. I was seeing reading that there, and you know, he's been fully informed as to their position. Um, they've given him plenty to read. If he's asking from other avenues without their, you know, without, you know, he hasn't said anything. Um, he he has stepped forward in certain instances, and and um, he's made it very clear if they have any problem to call him, and he doesn't give his private number out to anybody, but they have his private number. We, we suspect he just really probably doesn't know enough to take a, a strong position jurisdictionally. And it would be nice that what we'd like to see is the letters that are going out, that have already gone out, that they bring them in and bring in some people to train them and say, look, this is what you really have here. Leave them alone. They're not enemy combatants. They haven't fled and in fact, they're they're loyal to the state of Montana, and they're not coming in to create any business chaos with our commercial system. So leave them alone. 
That's all we're asking for. And, and yeah. that's exactly what we put, you know, is going out in those letters. We're wanting to do business with your system. Tell your agents to knock it off. Our our principal, we, we you know we haven't fled. We're the you know we know how this game is played. Please respect that. And on top of it, stop hindering these principals from engaging in proper commerce. Right. See, that's really not too much to ask everybody. No, it's just they don't want you. See, they claim that they're in enterprise. They've entered in on the land to claim the prize. That is commerce. I mean, any way you want to say it, that's it. Now, they're either going to use the law of piracy, but even the pirates have a code of the sea and operate under a letter of mark going back to Sir Francis Drake and the Seahawks. And so if they violate that, um, I mean, you understand, the United States is telling you who they are. They're, they're the damn pirate under the letter of Mark going to Sir Francis Drake uh, and the Seahawks. That's why we have the USS John Paul Jones. Mm-hmm. But at some point, uh, when I think people like us come forward, um, that, that then becomes a violation, you know, on a whole spiritual level. Yeah, it does. Well, we've done everything that we could. Yeah, you really can't separate anything because of the fact they're all connected. Everything is. The, the the physical is really based upon a spiritual mental law, but people have left that, and they think that the spiritual is based upon a mental law, a physical law, and, and they, they got it by backwards. Yeah. Well, they think they're the darn game piece. Yeah, I understand. That's what's so hard, you guys. You, if there's one thing I want to drill on everybody said, you're not that commercial game piece. And the more things you can create to to be at arm's length from that entity, the better you are. Because when they come in, they say, "Well, that's you." Uh, it has a bank account. Uh, it's the principal has a you know registration papers. It's got a business bank account. It has a business account with the Postal Service. It has a business account with Amazon. It has its own business website. It's got its own business cards. What are you talking about? That's me. Now who looks stupid? Now that's how far we've taken it. And I, I think those are very good things to have. Uh, they're not difficult things, and most of it nowadays you can do online. You'll see the instructions... You know, it just takes five minutes to, to set up a, a postal account for that business entity, the principal. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, what, are you, what are they going to do when you bring in all your business papers? And they're like, well, no, we're going to throw you in jail. Well, if they do happen to charge the principal, the real business entity, they use the full name, you know, John Adam Smith, you'll say, well... What are you talking about? I'm the attorney. In fact, attorneys do not go to jail for a business entity that you've charged, you know? Yeah. And at that point, I don't know. You, I don't know how you're going to fit. That's what they're dealing with over in uh, with the justice of the peace. Because the judge, even though he had the registration papers, well, that's you. That's the man. <laughs> My friend Jean, you know, what? He just he said, I don't you don't have any authority. I did not grant you any authority 
to deal with me as a man. I gave you no such authority, and I'm giving you none of my rights. You don't have them, and I don't care if you sit there and say you do. You do not. What we're dealing with is commerce. Nope, that word doesn't seem to be in that little blue book of his, so... There you go. You can't fix stupid. And then the assistant DA. She's uh, in her early 20s. Another idiot. She turned around and she goes, well, we can do it, what it, we it, want the, to it, you. In the law books in, in school, in law school, they tell you that you always will or are defeated in the lower courts. The reason is, is they know that they're wrong. However, it is a delaying tactic because the majority of the people will not press or persevere and go forward. They don't know the mechanism to bypass the court system that's set up in fees and stuff to prevent you from overcoming. But if you bypass and go to the Secretary of State and things mm-hmm. of that nature and the, the Commandant, uh, them damn fees don't exist now. Uh, well, see, they're, what? They're, Your they're fees do. Well, they're creating villainy on the land. And, uh, see, uh, they can serve in military construct, but uh, they must do so in a peaceful and peaceable manner. Yes. And that's very important what you said about fees. Whatever they're doing, you don't work for free as the attorney, in fact. And under the durable power of attorney, you are entitled to your fees. So I provided a fee schedule example just change that name holder and put in private attorney in fact or attorney in fact for the principal. Um, because I did that fee schedule a while ago before we had the private attorney in fact in place. So you guys, you got a template for uh, a a fee schedule. And um, like I told them, well, you know, as the attorney in fact for the principal, I can send you that information, but I charge $350. An hour, and I don't do it in increments like other attorneys. Nope. Whether it's a minute to sixty minutes, three fifty. You want me to put it in the mail? Uh, that'll be fifty dollars. So I'll be sending you my uh, attorney in fact fee schedule on the true bill because I don't work for free. I don't donate my time. It's very valuable, and I don't do anything that doesn't benefit me privately greatly. Don't do that. So if you want to do business with the principal, produce the contract. If you don't have a valid contract and you keep bothering me, I'm sending you my fee schedule, and I will be billing you for it because you wasted my time. And if you keep it up, well, then I'm going to report you for identity theft. So, yeah. folks, just start saying that on the phone to them. I've had three debt collectors go bye-bye because I say, well, I could send you that information, but it'll be $400. Do I sound like I work for free? No, I don't. They don't work for free. Neither should you. Remember, if you don't value your time, no, they certainly won't, and they have never valued our time. And it's the most valuable thing that supports the system. Our time, energy, labor, blood, and information is the credit. That equity that we put in is the credit that underpins their entire commercial system. And without yeah. us giving that credit to them, they have nothing. So you better treasure that. Yeah, see, everything I was know, I was listening today, and I've been telling Shawnee, I said, listen to what they're saying. Notice, you're going to go get a credit score. 
I said, mm-hmm. why the hell do you need a credit score? I said, hell, if you don't owe nothing and you got cash on hand, you don't need no goddamn credit. She said, that's correct. I said, so why do you need a credit score? That's a debt score. They yep. want to know what they can encumber you for. Yep. That's it. And, and everything is, is around what you will expose. You call and you ask about an insurance policy. They want to know what kind of money you make. What the hell damn difference does it make what kind of money I make? Well, uh, we have to figure our rates on that. I said, I ain't telling you what the hell you can screw me over. I want to know what the damn insurance rate is. I've well, got a couple I, of good I, I ones for you. Yeah, they you're, can't give it to you. Well, you're going to like this. When they ask you for income information, they just say, "Ah, I'm sorry, I can't give you income income information off of this principle. Nobody's provided me a forensic accounting. I don't know what all the assets and liabilities are. Well, could you guess? Well, no, that'd be rather presumptive of me. I'm not in a position to guess. And, And also, now that I think about it, that principle, I don't think it's a taxpayer, so it can't have income. Nobody's That's proven right. to That's me that it's a taxpayer. So, you know what? Income is really irrelevant, and and that is exactly what's going on. I've received absolutely no statements from the Montana Department of Human Health Services for the principal for all the hospital medical because I, I guarantee you uh, it's not something. They don't have to send me statements, receipts, and all that because I told them it's not income. It's right there in my application on the phone when they ask me. I said, uh, you, nobody's provided me evidence that it has income. It's a taxpayer. And you know what? They've honored that. I haven't seen a single thing. And I think your mm-hmm. paperwork is going to go way down, people, if you take the these reason, positions. The reason, they, the reason they can't give you uh, a statement saying it's income is that there is a Supreme Court case, and it's called American Bank and Trust versus Dallas. And it's 1984 Supreme Court. And it says a Federal Reserve note is not taxable as wages wages nor as income. Right. For it is neither, end of quote, period. There you now, go. If it's not, then it ain't. Why? Because you've been under the Federal Reserve Act. You ain't had no damn money. Right. And you know what? I'm going to send some information. It's it's a little more in depth, but I think people need to know what a tontine scheme is. <laughs> I don't know if they know what a tontine scheme is. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole basis of the minute you use their script, their credit, they have an insurance policy because you're now <laughs> – they have an interest in you because you use their script – and and it's just like gambling on crack cocaine is what it is. That's and it right. goes way back with the Dutch. Well, it goes back to the Romans. Um, and you have the Exxon in a taunting scheme. So they're called EXON. The Exxon are the elite. They're the uh, priority stockholders of that scheme. And it's not you. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, see, a debt, a debt cannot pay a debt. Right. And therefore, they claim that they own everything that we have since 1913-1917 because we've been paying in Federal Reserve note debt notes. And therefore, as a debt note or a note, uh, 
even though you may call it a legal tender, a legalized offer of payment, but it is not payment. It is only an offer to get payment. See, people listen to this crap, but they don't think about the terms. Right. And then here's a good one. This is what I say. Well, I don't deal on Federal Reserve notes. How could I? I'm a state national. I don't touch that stuff. The principal? Oh, well, yeah, it might. But again, I, I have no evidence I created that principal. I just registered it, and I use that game piece in commerce, and I do so as a private attorney in fact. Yeah, she's staying out of the court, Jab fan. Uh, Jada yep. fan, she's, she's literally staying out of court. She's using the true law versus the crap that you're taught is law. Yep. And uh, that's why they're squealing like hogs down there is because their bacon is burning. <laughs> yeah, I'm like seven counties. <laughs> you know, out here, you know, it's funny because most of us have never had any of these issues, and all of a sudden they're on seven different counties. <laughs> All of us that have done this have been hit one way or another, like my my little Sophie this summer. <laughs> I have a feeling they're definitely talking. They're going, oh, crap. Now there's a private attorney. They figured that one out, too. You know, it's just like downloads. The information is coming. That's why I say the, the cat is so far out of the bag, it's now chasing down the rats. Yeah. And if you can get this concept... Yeah, and you're praying the correct way. You're praying that the manifestation of the answer will come and will manifest. You're calling it done as if it's already done. And God, look what the thunder y'all have done. I mean, it's just a short period of time. You girls have really got out there and kicked some butt and took some name. Yeah, we we, it, it, we did. It's just me and my other friends here. And, um, you know, they could come up with some very clever uh, bookkeeping. Uh, my other friend on another county uh, had a fraudulent DUI lodged against him, and, and he's a volunteer fireman on the department for 23 years. Very well respected, but it was the worst cop over there on that county, and now he's gone. Which I, <laughs> but two weeks after my friend did what, you know, he's done all that we're doing, uh, that cop, you know, is like, he got moved. Nobody knew where he moved to. So uh, we kind of laughed thinking, I said, oh, Eric, I wonder. He goes, yeah, I think he didn't want to stick around. That that caused a lot of problems. So he goes into the Justice of the Peace and he said, well, you know, Linda, and again, she's not an attorney. A lot of these Justice of the Peace out here are not attorneys. So they, they, uh, they might be good business people, but they don't understand the, the whole legal game going on. But uh, Eric said, you know, uh, if, if this principal has to come in as surety and I gave you a copy of a birth certificate that I endorsed over and put into a private trust agreement with you, Linda, um, and you go in off of that bond and you guys collect the interest and any matching funds, well, that doesn't belong to you guys. It belongs to the principal. And by the way, you you charge the defendant that is similar to my principal that I control as the attorney in fact, but it's not the same. Again, they have that middle initial. And she said, well, Eric, you know, um, I don't know how we can. She, she said, Eric, aren't you on the fire department? Linda, you know I am. Yeah, that's community service. Eric goes, is that how you need to balance the books? And she goes, 
Well, how long have you been on there? He's 23 years. Oh, time served. He goes, yes, that's my equity time served. I guess you can use that as credit for your books. But the DA is still going to have to honor my true bill because I don't work for free. So she got her books settled there. So they can come up with some clever outs. And, And here's what I'd say. If they give you a clever out, people, don't fight them. Work with them. Yeah, and make them define the damn out. Exactly. And you know what? All he had to do was get a letter from the chief of uh, the fire department saying, Eric's been on here for 23 years. He just took it in. It was over. No jail time. I mean, it, like like we, well, what, what he uncovered was they're falsifying uh, blood work over there. All that, the labs over there in that county were all coming back the same. And and everybody just happened to have a DUI level, this blood alcohol content, all the same. So that they're being investigated, from what I understand. It wasn't the court doing it. It's it's uh, we're not sure who all is involved in that scheme. But um, you know, so, some of these people, like Linda over there, as the justice, I talked to her on the phone. She actually answers her own phone as the justice of the peace over there. She just doesn't know. She's just a rancher who got elected and from, you know, really nice. You could go have, uh, Eric can go have a cup of coffee with her. They just don't know. They're handed a book. You take take some of their damn property because they're in violation of that oath. And uh, touch them in their private personal capacity. You do a few of them that way. Let me tell you, the rest of them, God dang, they'll all get a hello call and they'll all become doctor degree people because they yes. will get an education. Well, it would be nice to go after the ones that are actually attorneys in those positions because they have a whole lot more to answer for, and you know it. We know it. Some of these people, just they're from the community. They just don't know, but they do need to be trained. And it would be nice to see, like, hey, we really don't want to have to come after you privately for harming us. That's not our intent. We, we come at peace. We're, we're able to bring peace to the matter. But you're going to have to get some training or step out of this office because you're putting yourself in, in a pretty tight situation potentially. And and these attorneys out here are going to throw you under the bus. And that's what oh, we yeah, they will. They will yes, throw they will. these people under the bus. Yes, they will. They will. And that's sad because these people are not attorneys. Uh, they really do think they're doing something good in the community. They have, but you know what? I have a feeling some of them might start waking up. And and if you're, um, you don't get nasty with them. But you know, sometimes you have to go up the chain. You say, well, you know what? <clears throat> Obviously, you don't know what you're doing here in the matter. You don't seem to want to really read and take, you know, my information seriously. So I'm just gonna have to take it up the chain. And just bypass them. Remember, when you take this position, do not commingle funds. Do not commingle your private with the commercial. And you really do need to take the higher ground of coming at peace. Yeah, I agree. I think these guys that go in screaming and hollering in court, I used to tell Robert that. I said, you cannot win doing that, Robert. Mm-mm. And he listened to me. And lo and behold, Shawnee and I left his place in Mesquite and was headed up uh, on I-30. 
and he come out behind us, and they stopped him. And uh, normally he would jump out, lock the car, go to ranting and raving, screaming at the top of his lungs. And um, after I talked to him, he, he got out, he locked his door. He said, how you doing, officer? What can I do for you this day? And the officer was so astounded. He was a sergeant uh, that was with the sheriff's department there in Mesquite. And uh, he told him, he said, you know, he said, if you jumped out screaming and hollering like you normally do, they've already told us to shoot your ass on sight and not worry about it. He said, but since you're not doing that, I, I can't make myself shoot you. Yep. And Robert later on told me, he said, Gary, you saved my life. He said, I listened to you. But, I mean, listen, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, go in in peace. Uh, I mean, uh, I've been around here all this time, and uh, now you come out with me with armed guards when when I was before you each and every day in peace and harmony. I mean, that sounds just like the story out of the Gospels, don't it? <laughs> well, when the chief of police did this to Tracy, let me just tell you, the tow truck driver knows Gene Tracy, and the, there was a deputy sheriff who was witnessing it, and you could tell he wanted to step in, but it was like Tracy's like, no, 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 it's okay. Let him do what he needs to do, because Tracy said, I've already invoked my higher self to step in. I, Tracy, would have been very nervous. And so sitting in the car there, knowing what he was coming up to the window to do, and, and um, she said, I knew it was a setup. And uh, it, it played out exactly the way it played out. But what's interesting is the uh, other people are like, you know, car up there, the tow truck driver's like, oh, we're not going to charge you guys. And by the way, that was horrible. Scott's an asshole, you know. And you know that those men that saw that are going, wow, if they can treat Jean's wife this way, what is he going to do with our women? You know, let them burn their own bridges. And uh, that's just the position we take. We we don't go in there thinking we're going to have to be in a in a warring position. We ask that our, our higher spirit, our Christ consciousness steps in and takes over when we feel a little nervous about the, the matter. And Tracy told me, she said, Dom, the words just flowed. I was calm. I took my time. He tried to hurry it up, and that just wasn't going to happen that way. And, and in fact, because I was that way, the other men that were watching this happening, they remained calm and could be good witnesses or observers to the matter. And I said, there you go. And I said, but that's going to get them talking and thinking. And, um, and that's just, you know, keep a good reputation. There's a lot of them that just don't know. And another good way to come at it, and this is how, how I, I talk to them too, how can I help you today so that there's no liability created? I don't want you to privately, personally have a liability, and I don't want your commercial enterprise to have a liability. But you don't have a contract here. And, and you haven't told me if you're registered. And I don't have your insurance carrier information. And if you don't like me asking for the stuff, well, then, you know, this is just commerce. It's business. And if you can't handle commerce or business, well, then you should get out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's a really good way to approach it. And But they do comprehend liability. 
And and so uh, that's another good way to come at it. Well, I'm just here to help you. I'm the private attorney, in fact. I uh, I for the principal. What is what seems to be your problem here today? I, I don't have a contract with you as the private attorney. In fact, for the principal, the principal does not have a contract with you. And um, let's you know what what liability. I really hope you're not creating a liability for yourself today as an agent. You know, and and hopefully they'll start waking up that this is just business. Um. But most of most everybody's been the game piece. So we just need more people to to come in, know you're playing the game of life, and at times as you're playing the game of life, you have to step over and sit down and play the game of Monopoly. Yeah. And move that commercial piece around that board. And then when you're done, you leave the piece on the board because there might be, still be more commercial playing to do, but you go back to your life game. I think that's a good way people people seem to get that concept. Yeah, and and those are avatars. I, I see people get all well. Is it a citizen or is it whatever? I said you're the spirit being that has avatars to use. What do you want? I know that I, as the spirit being, use an avatar called a Montana National. It's on the private side. I use that avatar. It's still an entity. Make no bones about it, people. It's still an entity. It's yep. just an entity in a specific jurisdiction that engages in specific acts and stays in that jurisdiction. And then as that avatar, it can then go over, sit down at the Monopoly board, and move a commercial piece because that, that Montana National can act as the attorney in fact in commerce. It can put that hat on as the player sitting at the Monopoly board. That's all you're doing. And make it very clear, you do not take any other agency positions on. That's all the assumption and presumption. And that's the big mistake. Two big mistakes that people have once they start getting the concept is you just accept whatever they send your way, presuming you're the agent, and that that entity is one that you have to deal with. If it's not the registered entity, you just say, well, I need you to correct the record. I'm only the attorney fact for that entity, this principle. I don't know what that is. And stop accepting it. But you're going to have to correct a lot of records. Another thing that's great is under the Private Attorney Act, you can come in as the private attorney and get under the Privacy Act records that they won't even let attorneys get under FOIA. So don't do FOIAs anymore. You come in and you go to the Social Security Department and you say, look, I need your records. I need to see the records that you have, what names, to that number, the information you have, and I'm invoking the Privacy Act because I believe that there's some mistakes there. That's a big one, too. So as you come along and start correcting these mistakes you've made in the past, Privacy Act, mistakes have been made, and as the attorney of fact for the principal, you're correcting the record, and you need those records. There you go. And that's how you invoke that in your letters or notices to these different agencies. 
Remember, they're not political subdivisions. Therefore, they're not governmental instrumentalities. The governmental instrumentalities are still the 1889 Secretary of State, um, you know, House of Representatives. That's the instrumentalities. That is what was sovereign. That legal entity, the state of Montana, and that was the agreement that the people were under and had with that sovereign entity that turned around and then contracted with the United States of America. Now, here's another thing. People think that the United States Constitution applies to them. It does not. It only is an agreement between the de jure union member state and and the United you know the United States of America. Those are the two parties to that. Stop yeah, bringing in the federal. Pollard versus Hagen, City of Savannah, Mayor and Alderman. Uh-huh. And that's uh, uh, Pollard versus Hagen. What's that? One forty-four U.S. Pollard versus Hagen. One forty-four. No, don't sound right. One uh, two twelve. Nevertheless, it's a federal case. No private individual can expect to bring suit under the Constitution. Right. For he or she, uh, or he or she is not part and party to it. That's a East Coast federal appellate case. That's right. These people do not understand what they're reading. Uh, you need to get you a damn good Black's Law fifth, sixth, or hell, it may have a seventh or more edition by now. But the fact of it is, you need to get something to give you some ideas. I got a Bouvier three volume, and I've got the original Bouvier. What's that? A two volume set. I mean, look, we got some serious law books around here. Well, and there's the. Uh, I really like the fellows that are are doing the YouTube show uh, called the T Rose Show. T R O H. Um, all capitals. It, it stands for the Reign of Heavens. The T Rose Show. And they go through a lot of this very um, deep information, definitions, a lot of research. Now, whether you agree with them or not, they're coming in under the unclaimed the United States of America. And they're trying to repopulate that entity. And they have the boundaries for that 12 miles um, off of the, you know, the continental shelf. They've claimed all those yeah, boundaries. That, that sounds like the uh, de jure um, people of the uh, Republic of Texas because, see, the actual Congress, um, they just walked off their post. They never done anything. The people never signed any kind of agreement. And so they tried to claim that, but I have some friends that have been involved in that movement. And, um, um, matter of fact, we have a serious amount of property over there, way in excess of a couple of trillion just in hard assets. But uh, nevertheless, uh, there's a lot of skunks in this woodpile. Yeah, there are. But these fellows do provide a lot of, yeah, keep living way. Whether you like them or not, you know, just there's a lot of very, very good information. Take notes. Um, my one friend has transcribed quite a few of the latest calls in the last two months. I can then send, you know, get them together, their Word documents, and then I can send the transcriptions to you, and you can send them out to people. There's a lot of very good information. Whether you want to join those people or not, 
I, I just stand back and observe. But yeah. they have a lot of really good stuff to offer, um, very good research, definitions. They go to the law books. They bring up the statutes. They point out these little clues and hints to give you an idea of where the deception has come in or where the overlay, the commercial overlay came in, the commercial zones. That's why um, in 1972, this new constitution that's not even a a proper noun for the lowercase state of Montana, which again is not a proper noun, um, uh, has no boundaries. And and I said, well, yeah, they didn't have, in 1972, they did not have the majority, three-fourths majority of the people come forward to even uh, support that constitution. Um, In fact, some good friends of mine, there was such a heated thing going on in Montana back then. And, uh, you know, people were getting their cars shot at as they were going up to Helena. Uh, There was a lot of fights going on, and and literally the governor had to send uh, two goons over and put a gun from uh, home to the Secretary of State's head to get him to put the seal on it. He would not put that seal on it, and two goons were sent over and literally under threat like that. That's that's a story I've heard from the old timers. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's not even... Who knows what that was? That's their commercial overlay. That's just their commercial system. That's the United Nations zone. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Right. Well, and so I, uh, if anybody has any I've questions. I've, already, I've composed a letter with all the stuff that you sent me. And uh matter of fact, the two different letters this evening. And I've got it ready. I'm going to include uh, the chat line response here. Okay. And uh, those that wanted your email, I'm not going to give your email out. If they want it, they can put their name on the damn chat line. Okay. And then uh, if you want to activate and chat line them, you can, because I'm here to tell you, uh, you wake up one morning and get 2,500 emails, I mean, you're kind of going to have to figure out what in the crap you're going to do. Right. I might um, just set up something, you know, separate. and 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 I did put in there. I'm I'm busy, and so my friends and I, we had to figure this out ourselves. We didn't have people writing up. Everything, you're getting examples of the forms on how to authenticate, how to do it, where to go, and, yeah, like I was saying about Keith Livingway and the two-row, I don't know the man. I'm just saying they have some very, very good information. And, Absolutely. You know, so... Don't throw that out just because maybe you've disagreed or who knows. People in this truth movement or whatever you want to call it, you've had all kinds. So. Oh yeah, I I had an old coon dog by the name of Comanche Bell. We called her Ma Bell, the long distance operator. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, she could run a damn coon. He could be three days old and she could put his butt on a limb. Uh, she was a fine hound. And so you got to do a little bit of checking here. Sometimes you got to bump up a tree here and there and yonder, but uh, if he ain't there, you'll hear him say, "Oh no, oh no, oh no." Yeah. Right here. And, I mean, she got to go on down the line, but when you hear her hit that howl, howl, <laughs> you can bet your house on her, baby. She got it. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, that's what I would say to people. Take take what you can. You'll feel it. Uh, 
what I've seen with people waking up, it, it's happening so fast. Terms like surety, segregation, they're going to be part of your vernacular. Oh, well, if I, as a private attorney, on behalf of the principal, if this principal has to step in and pay anything without having a contract with you at subrogation, you have to pay it back. Because equity does not aid a volunteer, and it does not, you know, and if you don't state, I invoke subrogation, if the principal has to come in surety, because you're just not going to drop the matter, because you're going to use force, and you're going to force me as the attorney in fact on behalf of this principal to pay $500 for the defendant that you charged, which is not the principal, subrogation. I invoke my right. You need to certify my right to subrogation because this is not a gift or donation. And that's what taxes are. They're estate taxes, class 5 gift tax. Absolutely not. And by the way, yes, people, I did sue the IRS commissioner, and in about a week, I'm going to have an order dismissing the case where they admit that the case is dismissed because they lack jurisdiction. They also lack the ability under Trump's last executive order to act because there is no right, right, no law, for the Internal Revenue Service to collect one red cent from anybody And besides, no money that they have ever collected has ever gone to the American people. It's gone to pay the damn foreign bank, the bankruptcy, the queen, the pope. Listen, these people need to get head out of rectus here, as Bo Gratch used to say. Somebody don't know which end of their butt's up, which end is down. Well, here's what I want to share with people. I'm doing this process. It took me five minutes to fill out three forms as the attorney in fact for the principal. You don't pay the, uh, you send it to Washington, D.C., to the IRS there, uh, tax court. You don't pay. You don't invoke any of their commercial script in the matter. They'll say, well, you ordered, no, 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 no. They'll give it a docket, and they'll keep moving forward even though you don't pay them. They'll call you up and say, well, you know, we don't really know what you're doing here. Don't answer the phone. They'll send you documents in the mail. Don't answer it. Because ultimately what they put in is a motion to dismiss for lack of jurisdiction. That's what you want. When that order gets put in, that's the judgment. The case is dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. You get a certified copy out, turn around, and you send it to all the local yokels and say, look, if they lack jurisdiction, you lack jurisdiction, pay the principal back. Put it on special deposit, please. All 50 years worth. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's that's how you need to start playing this game, guys. It's a game. It is a game. It is a it game. It is so, a game, and it is a very costly game. It, it, you know what? Start claiming it. You have to claim it and start setting things right, because it's actually the whole war is the debt. And we're reversing those charges. Yes, they can't even follow the scripture and leave an inheritance to our children's children. That's right. uh, And be righteous men and women, so to speak, if we do not understand these concepts. Because we have laid down the due diligence. We've walked away from the borders and the claim and the boundaries of our field. And uh, we, we didn't even bury it under the edge of the boundary like Jeremiah did. I mean, right. uh, we, we, we've got to do these things, folks. It's, it's given to us to do. 
Yes, and and that's on the private side. That's the private side, and um, I didn't send any examples of private documents, but let me think about what a private will. I have a private will, a private testament, an inter vivos waiver and testament, and and the waiver is that I receive none of my benefits from them. I, Dawn, receive all my benefits from my creator and waive all of their benefits. I rely totally on my creator and my spiritual um, agreement there, my sacred trust. And so uh, I'll see about cleaning some of that up to give you guys an example. And oh, send, price- me a copy, send me a copy of that format, damn it. I mean, I would love to get a grip on that. And and you have to have on the private side a, what's called an a priori paramount claim. It's your preemptive claim that, that you know, preempts all of their claims. But you have to yeah. come in and, and claim it. Your footprints, the afterbirth, all biologics, everything that they think that they have. I, I put in there that everything that's created by me, for me, for my use, for my benefit under sacred trust is mine, not yours. So if that's the air I breathe, that's mine. That's <laughs> you know? And and it's really that simple to get those thoughts in your head. Now that's all on the private side. So I'll have to go in and clean them up and uh we did it all in purple. It looks really pretty because and then we sign our stuff in purple and gold ink. And those are your private documents that if you have to in private chambers Show one of their administrators only in the private. You say, well, look, I'm so honorable. Here's my private documents here. I'll let you see them. You don't get to have them. But here, you can see that I do have them. And there, there, there you go. You have not abused anything. You've not failed to use it. And you haven't abandoned anything. And therefore, um, you, 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 that's how you stay out of probate. Yeah. See, that's the whole purpose of using the inter vivos trust, et cetera, the four over will, yes. durable power of attorney, and the uh, last will and testament is because that way you can bypass the probate system. You yes. just have to maintain and keep $500 outside of the estate of that trust. Uh, that uh, prevents them from being able to break it. That's why uh, H.L. Hunt kept a 1975 Chevrolet pickup truck outside of his trust. It was valued at $2,500, a factor of five, five times or more. You know, beat their ass five times or more, it's picture. And this way they could not break the uh, H.L. Hunt trust and the Bunker Hunt trust and the others uh, when they uh, went down over the silver uh uh, you know, um, um, uh, I'm trying to corner and claim the market. Right, and, and the other thing is, we found um, we like it even more, calling it a sacred trust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it yeah. is. It's based on a, spe- a spiritual, uh, scriptural principle. Yeah. But so you have to be so damn careful about using terms like Christianity and stuff, because those are created terms by Constantine. Right. And that's why I put a sacred trust. You know, and I don't, look, I know a lot of people like, well, if you have a border around it, you've contained it within the border, it's yours. So that's why there's going to be a border around these documents. So they can't, that's your fortress wall. And they do comprehend that too. Um, But I'll I'll clean those up and um, 
give you some examples of what those look like. But I really want people to do the homework, read, and uh, think about what would I sit down and claim. Um, and, and what I did was I claimed everything back. I named my ancestors going way back and claimed well, that everything. That, that's what the Mormons do when they uh, uh, baptize for the dead. Yeah. And and that that's why you are the embodiment of your ancestors. Everything that they created, you're an heir to that. It, it's for you. And what I also did, too, is um, I had my Jubilee claim, and I know a lot of people here did that. Um, but you can also, if there's somebody pure of heart that you want to bring under your tent, your umbrella, you can put that language in there and extend that to those people, too, that might not be related to you genetically or blood-wise. Um, so, you know, you might want to have something in there to where you, you never know who you have to bring in under you. Um, yeah, you might, you might be willing to have to bring in a, a root of Moabitess. And most yeah. people, they say, well, they can't come in forever. They don't understand the scripture, so they they just don't realize. But you're correct. That is true. It is there. Well, honey, well, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I've enjoyed the hell out of this call. Yeah. Well, I know but some I, people are saying. Right yeah, I've got to lay down. Go ahead. And if people want to ask me some questions, I know some, you know, somebody says, oh, I want to hear success stories. Well, some of this is relatively new, and I have talked about the medical debt is being all handled. I mean, who has had, a, you know, a loved one in the hospital for three months, and I've not seen a single statement bill or anything. Um, yeah, but we've been on here right at almost two hours. Mm-hmm. Well, if anybody has a few questions or something... Um, uh, you know that really is on their heart to want to ask real quick. I can. It's like ten minutes to eight here. But you know, if the success stories aren't going to come until we have enough people who are doing this, and then have situations come up where they use this and and have an outcome. Um. So, uh, you know. <laughs> I can tell you my friend in Hawaii, he had a ticket he'd been dealing with for quite a while. They weren't going away. He came in as the attorney, in fact, and uh, they emptied the courtroom, and Lickety Split, it was dismissed with prejudice. And there you go. Did they give a reason? No. It was just courtroom's empty. The prosecutor went to say something. Judge said, be quiet. Said, this case is dismissed with prejudice. Well, everything he tried prior wasn't working. Um, so he did these things, uh, registered the principal, had his certificate as the attorney, in fact, um, had the, um, let's see, his declaration of status. Those are all public documents. Made copies of that and gave notice of appearance that he was there to protect the principal's estate and best interest as the attorney, in fact, as um, who was coming in as surety for the defendant that was charged. 
And he made it very clear that if the principal is charged anything on behalf of the defendant, and he as the attorney in fact has to pay anything on behalf of the principal who's coming in as surety, stepping in for the defendant, they have to pay him back plus his time and expenses. Well, they don't want to pay you your time and expenses. So the four basic documents that, that we dealt with in that case was very simple. He did a notice of appearance. He didn't say he was representing anybody, okay, or anything. Because they get iffy about that. No, no. He gave a notice of appearance that he as the attorney in fact was coming in because it appeared that the principal was being tied to the defendant charged because they were not the same entities, and he had to protect the principal's estate. And if the principal had to pay, then they had to pay the principal back. So the notice went in, the declaration of status went in, the principal's registration papers went in, a copy of the authenticated birth certificate went in, because there you go, full faith and credit of the United States of America is backing that principle now, and um, his certificate of authority as the attorney in fact. So, in Jean's case, they've ignored all of this here in Montana. In my friend's case in Hawaii, they wanted nothing to do with it. So, if anybody has any questions, um, it, you know, I'll give you guys an update when we see what the Secretary of State comes in and does. Um, whatever happens over on my friend's county with all these tickets and them ignoring the over there, those agents, um, I, I, you know, I haven't heard anything. I'm sure all of those documents have probably been received by certain um uh, agencies. Now, at some point, I'm going to want to explain. I don't know if people have ever heard of tax pursue, but because you're a foreigner and you don't have a country that issues its own stamps, the United States of America is not issuing any stamps. There is a way where you can send things registered mail, which is private. When you put it into one of the blue mailboxes, don't take it into the post office because they can refuse it. But when you put it in under tax pursue, because registered mail can cost 12 to $14 a packet because that's under lock and seal. So um, those have been delivered. And it's because the United States of America doesn't have any stamps for you to use. Italy has stamps. France has stamps. But the United States of America doesn't have stamps. The United States does. The commercial system does. We don't. And the, under the manual for the post office, if a country cannot manufacture stamps, um, they have to deliver it anyway. So um, that's called tax pursue. And at some point... It's very simple how you put that on the outside of the packet. You sign it, sign through it, put your thumbprint on there, and so far everybody's packets have been delivered. So there's a lot of other things that you can do and not have to be out of, um, you know, constantly hitting your pocketbook. 
No. Jim, do you have any questions? Uh, not at this time. Folks, if you have any questions, please type them in now. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, uh, we're going we'll end the call and things like that. But if you have any questions for Dawn, please type them in now that where she can answer them for you. Yeah, I um, I think I've covered between the two calls quite a bit of information. And then when you get the email from White Wolf of all the documents, you're going to be busy. There's a lot of information I <laughs> uploaded and templates that you don't even have to create yourself. So, oh, that's um, yeah. And um, now for people in Canada, uh, I'm not sure. I know that there's people in Canada doing these things, and I have to get a hold of some Canadians that are doing this stuff too and seeing exactly what how how they're proceeding forward. So I know Denise is on Canada. I'll try and get you hooked up with them. Um, but this is pretty much how it operates in most countries but definitely in all Western countries. The system I explained is, is on every Western country. So, well, I'll just give it here. I know it doesn't look like I'm getting any questions. Well, let me see here. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, Denise said great. Okay. You said that we would be trouble bringing commercial into the private or the other way around. Oh, oh, Okay. Commercial and private. All right. So, for example, your will and testament is a private document. That is how you privately want, when you die, your um, assets to go to your family or people you love or whatever you want. That is all private. Those do not go into a public probate court. That is an example. And they actually, you know, when you have these private documents, and they they just leave you alone. So when you pass away and the whole family says, oh, well, they have a private will and testament, they have their private claim, no attorney can come in and, and try to hit the estate or the assets, because you've already claimed it and you've dealt with it. That is what I'm saying. Do not bring those that private information, that's private, into a public commercial zone. You don't give it to a public court. You don't give it to a, an attorney. They're in commerce. No, they, that's none of their business. That's what I mean by don't commingle. Another thing is commingling. Uh, you can use silver. Uh, in your private dealings with uh, people. Uh, You can engage in private trade contracts as the uh, Montana National. Now, here's the thing. Uh, You deal in a private trade contract, that's private, and the two parties agree to that, that it's a private agreement, special private incompetence and priority, then neither of you better go into any commercial court and make any commercial claim against that party because they don't have jurisdiction, number one. And two, um, that looks really bad 
when you've made a private agreement and you would go and break that private agreement and go run and get an attorney and bring it into a commercial zone where all that private information and, and whatever your private deal was gets exposed. Now, folks, that's why they laugh at people in these divorce situations. Look how ridiculous they think all of us are because all of our dirty laundry, clean laundry, and everything in between is being blasted in these public records. No. And and the minute you go get an attorney, well, be guaranteed they're bringing it into a public record. All bets are off. If you don't want somebody to find out about it, too bad. That's why you have to manage your private affairs that way. You don't commingle. And that's why you have to honor that when you are, are dealing privately with other people. And here's another important thing. When you have people who have not registered, ha, ha, do not act in a private capacity, do not engage in commerce correctly because they haven't done any of these things, when they come and make a claim against you and try to drag you into their commercial court, say a neighbor, um, you have no business being there. And they're not bringing a, a claim against you privately. And if they don't have a contract with the principal, uh, you know, you just basically say, hey, I'm sorry, I don't go into that jurisdiction. That doesn't apply to me. So if you said something, if, you know, if you're accusing me of being a bully, yeah, you're not going to drag that into the commercial court. I'm on the private side. You're on the public side, but my private records, my private way of being, my actions, those are private. That doesn't get splashed into public records. And that's why my friend Gene, when he put in the written writ of mandamus, because they put private information when they announced it in the in the newspaper that he was trespassing and charged with the trust, he wants a public he wants them to apologize. Because they knew he was on the private or somebody should have known. The county attorney certainly should have known. And the county attorney, uh, two weeks ago when Tracy went in there to talk to the county attorney, he did say, Well, what are we gonna do about this writ of mandamus? And she said, well, Alex, you know, we got to deal with this promissory note, and uh, I'm the attorney, in fact, for the principal, and um, what are you guys offering? And he didn't say anything. So because they didn't act appropriately and they haven't dealt with the matter, that's why they've taken everything to the Secretary of State. So... Um, those are private issues that, that you don't bring, you know, family issues. With, you know, what goes on in your home stays in your home. You don't bring that into a public record. That is not a commercial activity. And you just have to start looking at everything. Is this a commercial activity? That Because if it is, it's going to be a public record. Or is this a private activity? That's what, that's what I'm talking about. You don't commingle. Um, let's see. I have some something here. You paid with this process. Can you use it to buy groceries or a car? Okay. Um, I didn't pay for the medical. What I did was the principal that I'm the attorney in fact for, um, that principal, I'll just say June Hannah Doe, um, 
So that I, I is the attorney in fact for June Hannah Doe because the my little one is not the age of maturity to operate that estate. You have to be 18 or older to be the primary attorney in fact for it. So because she's not the age of maturity, I am the primary attorney in fact for that principal. That principal is the one that was charged for medical. Um, you have to have a debt created. So the charges were created against that principal, and I told the uh, director of the Department of Human Health Services to satisfy, settle, discharge, and close all medical charges and claims made against June Hannah Doe, and that if they needed to use the birth certificate, I had a copy of the authenticated birth certificate. So it's a fully authenticated birth certificate, and I gave them a copy of it, and it says on there, backed by the full faith and credit of the United States of America. So basically I said, if it's appropriate and proper for them to go in and get any you know, funds or credit, it's just ledgers. They're balancing the ledgers. To discharge that medical debt on behalf of that uh, principal, then to do so. So the debt has to be created first. Now, as to mortgages and cars and groceries, I don't know yet. We've heard that there might be a a card that people get. We don't know. We're not really seeking that. Um, That's more along the lines of where you have to go to the alien property custodian which is what we're working up to, to have our estates returned back to us that are that were in control, were vested. We want them to revest our estates back to us because we're mature, we're on the private side, we know how to engage in commerce, and everything that you've been holding because of martial law, all that property, you know who we are. We haven't fled, and we've allowed you to use it. But that's still ours, and we should have access to it. We have not gotten an accounting yet on any of that. Um, My friends did ask the uh, United States Secretary of State and the Attorney General of the United States for that information, and that's when the Attorney General wrote back and said, we highly recommend that you get a private attorney. That's what led us down the road to, oh, what do they say? First we're thinking, no, we don't want to get an attorney. Why would we want to get an attorney? Nobody should be getting an attorney. But then when we start looking at it some more, oh, private, what's a private attorney? That's where we found it. Tracy found it under the Uniform Power of Attorney Act. So they were giving you clues right there. And you have to learn to read between the lines. And sometimes it's not, it's what they don't say. Or they recommend so we knew, oh, there's one more step that has to be done here. We haven't tried going back to the property custodian that's holding all that yet. We still haven't figured that out. Um, I just figured out the medical, and they're honoring it here on Montana so far. And they're discharging the principal's debt. And I told them to go to the proper accounts or go to the party who has the authority to go to those accounts. And because I filled out on the phone the application correctly, 
I didn't make mistakes when I was tested. They've honored honored that. But I had all these things done that I've sent you um, uh, templates of the registration, the attorney in fact, the authentic, fully authenticated birth certificates, the fully authenticated registration papers, um, the revocation of the powers of attorney, past powers of attorney. I had the uh, I revoked all of the uh, voting, and um, we still haven't figured out the DMV yet. Uh, that's being addressed by my friends in their their packet that they sent out last week. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so as to are they going to give you a, a a card? I don't know. Can they discharge a debt? Yes, they can discharge a debt. Are all these different agencies going to do that? Well, you're contracting with different corporate entities. So some, it looks like the Department of Human Health Services here is very honorable on how they're they're handling it. Whether the Department of Motor Vehicles is going to handle it the same way, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, the power company here absolutely refuses to do anything correct. I even asked them last week, are you double dipping? Are you going off of any of these uh, bonds and the interest and all that and then sending a statement? And, and I asked them, uh, and by the way, um, as one of the people of Montana, you're using the assets. Of the of the people of Montana that belong to the people of Montana, you're using these assets. You're making a huge profit, and unlike Alaska, they're using the oil. They give their people a dividend check. You've given me nothing. I'm one of the people of Montana. On the private side, you're using those assets, and I haven't even benefited from it. And they didn't know what to say. It was just kind of like, oh well. Uh, so I. They they won't give me any information. It's just, well, that's your bill, and you have to pay it, and if you don't pay it, we'll turn off the power, and you can pay with cash, check, or money order, or credit card. And so uh, I think that has to be investigated more. But it's just an idea, guys, I came up with. I thought, you know, they're using our assets. How is it they're using the water that belongs to Montanans, an asset, and yet they sell this power to seven different states? Montana produces a lot of power, and they're selling it to seven different states, and we have higher energy bills here on Montana than those uh, consumers on those other states, which is horrible. So it's just another way of, you know, they rip you off and they won't tell you the truth and I, they won't put it in writing either. I demanded that they put this in writing and, and their supervisor called me up and, and I addressed this to the CFO, the board of trustees and the president of the power company. And, um, yeah, use a fruct. He's bringing that up. Absolutely. I mean, they're very dishonorable in some of that Maybe they're just not used to us coming forward and saying, hey, I'm making a claim. That could be it right there, guys. Have you guys made a claim? Are, are these companies using an asset that belonged to the people of that state? And uh, have you made a claim to it? 
that might be part of the problem. Well, I did make a claim to it. They're ignoring it so far. But maybe if more of us do this and we make our claims to those assets, say, hey, how much in profits are you making? Two billion? Uh, yeah, you're using our assets. We want to, <laughs> you need to cut us, a, you know, to the principal a, a check. Now, not to you. That's another thing about private and, and, and public. Uh, when you're dealing with these entities, they don't give a check to you in the name of the attorney in fact. Not at all. You, you know, it doesn't come to Smith, comma, John, the attorney in fact. In, in commerce, with those commercial bank accounts, any check, anything like that has to come in the name of the principal, John Adam Smith. And, and now you can sign for it as Smith, comma, John, because when you set up your business bank account, you as the attorney in fact are setting it up for your business entity, the principal. That's commingling. You are not supposed to go into these commercial contracts and demand for you, the private attorney, you, the Montana National, to get paid. That, that's now an apple to an orange. So, no, that you, they can only give it to the principal. It has to stay in commerce. If it's a cash, a, a Federal Reserve note, any of that, it can only go to another commercial entity that can accept it. Now, you as the attorney, in fact, can accept cash on behalf of the principal, but that's not you using it. So when you're buying groceries at the store, you are not buying them as the, uh, the private uh, you know, man or woman. The principal is buying the groceries. That's, again, a commercial transaction. So you can use cash on behalf of the principal that's really the one buying the groceries. That's all public and in commerce. Does that make sense? Jim, did that yeah. make sense to you? <clears throat> it makes sense. Okay. I'm just, uh, yeah, I don't see any other, um, I don't see any other questions here. So if the corporation does something to cause me harm in the private, even before we knew this stuff, is there something we could do after we become an attorney in fact? Um, they can't, look, in the, in the commercial world, uh, they can only hurt your commercial entity, the principal. Now, can a private man that works for a company hurt you privately? Yes. And that's where, that's on the private side and you go after the private man or woman who holds the title, but you, you, no, Walmart cannot hurt you, and Walmart can't insure you, Walmart can't give you an insurance check if you fall down, okay, so if you're on Walmart, and they have water on the floor, and you slipped and fell, the claim can only be made in commerce by your principal, and you as the attorney, in fact, you know, all the bills come in the name of the principal. You submit them to be paid back in the name of the principal. Even though you were the one hurt, they can never give you privately anything as a, as a corporation. Apples to apples. They can only give it to the principal. Now, can they say, oh, see, I'm in a, I, I got a woman hit my car. 
and um, she was liable. So her insurance is liable. So when I filled out the claim, uh, their insurance called me right up and said they'd, they'd uh, you know, take full responsibility for it. Well, I filled out the paperwork that the principal is the one is making the claim, and I, as the attorney, in fact, for the principals making the claim, they didn't bat an eye over it. So all of the medical is being paid in the name of the principal. And then they said, well, you know, we'll settle with you when your injuries are better. And I didn't bring that up. It's interesting. I sent them all my paperwork, the certificate, the registration papers, my declaration of status. I filled out the form on behalf of the principal so they know my position. I'm just the attorney of fact and commerce. And they said, well, um, you know, uh, we will pay you for your injury claims. And um, I said, okay, but they can't pay me the private woman. They can only pay the principal that I control. So the principal will probably be issued a check. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Now, if the manager of Walmart, who's acting outside of the charter for Walmart, comes over and punches you in the face, you can go after that man privately. And that's where you, as Smith, John, will go after him in the private. And, and that has nothing to do, you know, so you can go after him on the private and your principal could also go after his principal. Okay, so you could have two claims in two different jurisdictions. You can have, um, you know, Johnson, comma, Tim acting as manager of Walmart, hurt Smith, comma, John. Okay, now you're going after the private man. But then uh, John Adam Smith, the principal that you're the attorney in fact for, can go after both Walmart and Timothy Allen Johnson. That's that's how you don't commingle. So I, I hope that I, I answered that for you pretty good. Yeah, you did. Uh, like I said, we've been on there right at going yep. on two, almost two and a half hours. Okay, and, uh, that was that yeah. was just one of the really good questions that that came up, and nobody else has. Um, yeah, that's pretty good, Jim. I think we're done, and they can go back and listen to how I explained that. They always have to be a principal against their principal, legal entity to legal entity, and then private man to private man. Yes, and I'm sure that they're going to have quite a few answers. And I know next week when y'all come on, uh, if they bring it up, I'm sure we'll we'll carry it forward from there. Yeah, and they're going to have all the documents to look over. So I'm sure yeah. they're going to have a lot of questions then. So, um, um, And then I'll just look at their email addresses that they put into the chat. And, um, yeah, that'll be good. I, I think we're 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 good here. We'll call it a night. Okay, thank you so much. What you're bringing forward, I mean, it's a godsend, you know. And, yeah. Uh, we all need to, you know, really stop and think 
and really take her time looking through this here and get it right the first time. Right. You know, uh, I gave, like I said, I gave people tons of good information and, and let's see here. Yep. It looks like all these downloads came forward templates. I have lots of templates here for them to look over and then make your documents your own. That's up to you. These are just examples. You're going to have to modify them for your situation. So uh, next week what I think I'll do is I'll try to get the examples of uh, the private documents, like what a will and testament um, and a paramount claim look like. Okay. Okay? Yes, ma'am. That sounds great. And thank you again so much. Yeah. God bless you and keep you safe and I mean, thank you so much for your time and the information you brought forward. I know it will be a benefit to all that's listening. I know that I'm going to, when I receive it, I'm going to go through it and look at it myself. Yeah, and you can register these for your little ones. um, Because one thing about registering the birth certificate entity, that name, uh, if you're the mother and father on on that certificate, that's why you have the right to get certificates and you have the authority to register it and be a name holder because right. you're 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 one of the ones that have a, a claim in there okay what about if you're a grandparent um well what's interesting is uh you as long as the the only thing you don't want to get into trouble with is if the parents are going to engage in commercial transactions that are going to mess up the principal engaging in commercial transactions. But uh, when you are the name holder, uh, you can have up to 25 name holders. Oh, so, oh yeah. So I'm the name holder for uh, – I help my folks who are elderly register those entities, the principals. So I am the name holder for my little ones, three of them, my husband and my parents and my sister. So me, because I know so much, I'm actually a name holder on eight other, eight total principles. Wow. Yeah. So now, and I'm the attorney, I'm one of three attorneys in fact. So when you see the power of attorney template, you have the primary and two successors. Well, what's great about that power of attorney we created, um, those successor attorney, in fact, can operate off of a copy. The primary keeps the original. All they have to do is get a copy, and they can operate in a matter as long as it's not against the best interest of the principal. You can all three work together at the same time, or the primary can say to the other two successors, hey, take this issue and you take that issue. So, you know, the primary doesn't have to die or be incapacitated to bring in the two successors. So at any given time, you have three attorneys in fact for that principal. That's where this gets really interesting because now in these court cases, like Tracy came in, she said, I'm the attorney, in fact, for Eugene Timothy Rodman. And how is the judge going to go, well, no, that's you. Well, obviously, I'm not Eugene Timothy Rodman. I'm a woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And, and here's another thing. 
So you can appoint other attorneys, in fact, and this is what we thought of, so they charge this entity, you know, John Adam Smith. Well, John Adam Smith's primary attorney doesn't come in, Smith, John, and four other successor attorneys could come into the case. What's, what's the court administrator going to do? Well, where's John Adam Smith? Well, you've got four attorneys here for it. Well, no, we need John Adam Smith. Where is he? Uh, you've got the principal. There's the registration papers, and you've got our certificates. You got four attorney and facts here. Well, no, we need John Smith. Well, you got it right there. Yes, now, do you I see will. how you start making him look retarded? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. And that's a retardation. It's a retardation, a going back in logical thought processes. Okay, yes, that's I what do. I mean by that. No, I understand that. Okay, good. Because, you know, but but you see, that's what's beautiful about this attorney. In fact, you have three at any given time to deal with whatever matters come up. But you have to have people that that you trust very much. So if you're the grandfather and these little ones, you have a, a grandbaby and that's 12, you absolutely, that's your heir. That's a beneficiary of yours. You can come in uh, if there's a claim against that principal in, say, a uh, divorce matter or something, and mm-hmm. so the parents aren't doing anything right, but if you've registered as the, the, the grandfather for your heir and you hold the name and you're one of the attorney in fact, you know, so say your son is divorced and your son registers it for his little one and you come in as a name holder with your son and both of you are the attorneys in fact for this little one and the mother didn't do anything, she has no standing. Ah, uh, yes. yes. You go in there and you say, all right, administrator, we need to go into private chambers. These two attorney in facts, we need to go into private chambers. You've got a private heir beneficiary, this grandbaby of mine, and, and I have something to say about it, but not in public. That's private. Well, yeah. guess what? In the private, the attorney can't come in and the mother can't come in. They have no standing to go into the private. I know, because my friend did this for her grandson. And everything oh. she wanted, she got in private chambers. I forgot about that story, but yes. Yes, that's here on Montana, too. That's yep. great. Yep, the two parents were fighting the divorce, and the the um, mother went and got an attorney, and uh, she came in for her son on behalf of her grandson and went straight into private chambers, and everything she asked for, she got. Wow. Because that little one was her heir and beneficiary. Yes. And, and they do recognize that. So, that is great. There's a lot you can do with this. Well, I understand it's just being able to understand it and apply it. Mm-hmm. And All you have to do is think about the situation and see how you can, what's public, what's private. How, yeah. Which capacity can I come in? And don't bring that private stuff into that public courtroom. That's why she said, I need to see you, the administrator, in private, in your private chambers. She yeah. had no business saying anything in that public commercial zone. She's not going to talk about her beneficiary and heir in a public commercial zone. Yes. Right? 
that's no. Yes. Then that's why they laugh at everybody. You're an idiot to spill your beans out there, and they literally call you that, an idiot and instant and award to the state. Yeah, and they tell you you have no standing. That's right. But when you have registered the principal and you're a name holder or you're a private attorney, in fact, or you have um, a, a beneficiary and heir, you absolutely can go into the private and that supersedes everything in the public. That's great. This is where I keep saying people with CPS, child all that crap. Oh, my goodness, they're under attack so much today. They have to do this. They have no, to. Yeah, I believe you there. I mean, because, I mean, things are so far out of whack now. Mm-hmm. People don't know which, which ends up anymore. Right. So I just gave you guys something more to think about, uh, you know, how far-reaching this is and and uh, all these different avenues and positions you can take. Oh, yeah, I believe once we understand it and get involved with it and apply it, yeah. I think it would probably cover the whole gamut of everything if we really understand it. Yeah. And and you will. It'll just start coming very naturally to you. From now on, you'll just go, oh, that's a legal name. Okay, that must be the principal. What do I need to do in commerce with it as the attorney in fact? Or, oh, that comes to Smith, John. That's private. It came to me privately. Okay, then I have to deal with that privately. I got it be- you. It becomes very easy, you know. You no, just get- I understand. But see, you, you, y'all studied it and went through it. And, I mean, study the pros and cons of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And once you just get that concept, which is quite simple, which which game are you playing and what hat are you wearing? <laughs> I got you. That's it. Yes, ma'am. So, well, thank you so much, yeah. uh, Don. I mean, I mean, it's been very, very helpful You're and welcome. enlightening. I'm not speaking for the others, but, I mean, from what I see and understand, it's very enlightening, and I think we all need to really take a serious look at it. Yeah. Um, you're welcome. You're very welcome. And um, I'm looking um, very much forward to seeing people put this to use in their different situations and seeing what their success stories are, because we, we have to modify it to what we're dealing with. No, I understand, I understand that, but, I mean, thanks to you, I mean, we wouldn't have known about it unless you have done this yourself and checked into it and, and brought it forward. Yeah, and, and remember, on the private side, that's where you have your private trust. That's where you keep all your private property, your your furniture, your jewelry, whatever is privately yours, silver, whatever. It's all their business. That's not commerce, okay? That's what I mean by yeah. don't commingle. That's where all that goes into a private trust. That doesn't go into probate, and they can't attack it. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Now, the reason they kept attacking everybody is they didn't recognize you because you didn't register the principal in commerce and you didn't have a the information to show them that's not me. Because they always presume you're the game piece. They always presume you're the monopoly game piece to be moved on their board. And once you have all this in play, you know, you, it's obvious you're not that game piece. And that's, that just further supports 
you know, I'm sorry, I don't know what your presumption assumption is, but you're you're wrong, and this is on the private. It's claiming on the private, and it's none of your business. You're a public official, agent, commercial raider, whatever you are. Get lost. I got you. Yeah, and that's really how you have to start treating them. Oh, you want information from me, my private? No. Uh, you want to know how much I weigh? Uh, no, that's private information. I'm sorry, I don't sell private information. Well, I got you there. Yeah, yeah they, they want they want to find a way to where they can come back at you and see what they can get from you. Exactly. I'm sorry. I, I don't give that. I retain all rights, title, and interest, everything that's privately mine, and everything for the principal as the attorney. In fact, I retain all rights, title, and interest for that entity, too. Yes. <laughs> you do it in both both jurisdictions. Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> Maybe well, we can talk about that so more. Thank you so much. You've been a blessing, I tell you. Oh, sure. We, well, yeah. we, we want to thank you so much for the, tonight and last week also. I yeah. Mean, it, it was really, yeah, you know, wonderful listening to this here. I mean, learning a lot. Yeah, we'll have fun with it. Well, I, I will. As soon as I can get the, <laughs> you know, that information that you sent, I'll go it, through it. It showed up in the email, so you guys have it. And, uh, you know... Yep, I will be very happy to go over if people have more questions even next week after they've oh, yeah. looked over everything. Well, that would be great. Now, I mean, hopefully many of us have had it by that time and have been able to go through some of it, then we'll have a lot more questions. Yeah. And you know what? If if there's some very specific questions that White Wolf's getting, you know, he can always forward them to me then, too. And I could maybe grab him in one email and send him back to him, and he can just, you know, collectively dump them to you guys. Or I can oh, go I in. understand. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. well, you guys have a good night, and thank you so much for having me on. No, no problem. Thank you. We, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, and if anybody has anything to add, hey, I'm learning. I am always open to learning more and narrowing things down and getting it, you know, simplified and streamlined, so. Well, I understand. It tells us to rightly divide it, so, yeah. I mean, that, that's what we need to do. Yep, no ego. I mean, really, I just tell you, lose the ego, and you will start to have fun with it. Sure. Yeah. Well, well you guys have a good night. Thank you so much. Okay, same to you, Dawn. Okay, all right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, folks, we've been on here right at uh, two and a half hours. And I want to thank each and every one of y'all for coming in here tonight and thank Dawn for taking her time and sharing with us, which has been a great benefit, I believe, to all of us. And uh, with that, may Yahweh bless you, keep you in perfect divine health, and may Yahweh bless you. Good night, everyone. Shalom, prosper, be in perfect divine health. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.